Can I hear somebody say amen? You can sure, you can help me preach today. You know that, don't you? And uh, God's powerhouse is going to be supplying the chicken and dumplings at the conference. And uh, I know people are coming from Bernie. They're coming from Sedalia, Missouri, a whole tribe from over there. And we got them coming from North Carolina, South Carolina, Louisiana, possibly Florida, and Alabama maybe, and Mexico. We got several coming from Mexico even. Isn't that something? Where else? Texas. That's right, coming from Texas. And then I'm going to turn around and go to Texas. Uh, well, not right away, but actually I'm going to Mexico before I go to Texas. So uh, we'll be going down there, and I'll be helping them with their the final service of their 25-year anniversary uh, celebration. And so it's going to be a good time. But uh, anyhow, we're going to talk about faith and healing today. And this message, if I titled it, would be called Jesus is Passing By. You know, when I was a youngster, that was a few years back anyway, uh, we had church starting out when I was young down on Leicester Street. And we eventually moved out to north side of Poplar Bluff. And they sold that to Nybert Clinic. And that became Nybert Clinic. And then when Nybert Clinic closed down, then they sold it to SCC, which has made it a crisis center. So you know church is like a crisis center too. So they're kind of keeping the mission going in the right direction. But uh, in, in those days, uh, and you know when I was a kid, Stephen, I would, uh, at night, they'd have these wild, long services, and I would lay down underneath the pew and fall asleep. And uh, it didn't bother me one bit. The noise didn't bother me at all. You need to raise your kids around some loud noises. That way you don't have to worry about, shh, baby's sleeping. Well, so-and-so's sleeping. You know, uh, let them learn to fall asleep in the midst of the noise. Hallelujah. But anyhow, I'll, I'll try to get back on task. Uh, but Zach will be back. Actually, next Sunday I'll be preaching again because he's got a work trip from the college, I believe. But this weekend they're on vacation, so... Uh, they only get certain times they can get a breakaway and it was before it gets cold down on the coast they're actually in Navarre, North Florida enjoying some sunshine and the beach and I, he sent pictures and Lyrica was falling asleep everywhere they were I guess she got a little bit of sun and she got worn out playing And anyway it's good to see your grandkids getting some good shut eye but uh Chelsea had her baby. Everybody knows that. Last Sunday at what time? About 7.30? About 7.30, she had to have a C-section. She had 20 years. I started to say 20 years. No, that was me that labored over 20 years to get her raised. But it was 20 hours uh, long labor. And so then they did a C-section. But uh, beautiful little girl. She's got blue eyes like her papa. I keep telling them she looks like me, and Chelsea says, Dad, she does not look like you. And I said, well, she got my eyes. she got blue eyes. 
you know. She's got something, you know, of me anyway. Uh, but uh, I think, do I have any? Yeah, I got Avery and, and Lainey that have blue eyes too. So anyhow, let's talk about Jesus passing by. How many know it takes desperate faith sometimes to get desperate results? And if you're desperate in your faith, God will come through for you. In Mark eleven twenty two, it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. I use this scripture quite a bit, but I felt led to start there. But have faith in God. Faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The antonym of hope is fear. So the opposite of faith is not fear, but the opposite of faith is unbelief. But faith is not the substance of things that you are afraid of. It is the substance of the things you're hoping for. Stephanie is retooling her business. She is in a booth in the birdcage, behind China Garden anyway, and so she's got a booth in the one place and then the building next to it, her and two other ladies or whatever are opening up that other building and she's going to take a section of it. And she said she worked every day this week from 10 to 5. Now I haven't seen her that energized in a long time. But I said her faith is causing her to take action, to take steps. You know, it takes desperate faith, desperate action. You have to respond to your faith. You can't just mulligrub and say, well, I want to be healed, but you lay in bed, turned over on your side to the wall all day, every day. You've got to activate your faith. But faith is, have faith in God. Who is God? He's Jehovah. He's Yahweh. He's Elohim. He's all these things. Eight compound names of God in the Old Testament, which covers everything. Jehovah Shalom, He's our peace. Jehovah Jireh, He is our provider. Jehovah Rapha, He is our healer. Jehovah, you know, there's eight of those that covers every facet of your life. And we do pray for Israel today. In fact, the Bible says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I've been there five times, and I never was there when there was war going on. But they declared war against the Palestinians uh, officially. So there is war going on in the world. And, uh, you know, it's we got to pray for them. I think it was over 600 when I read that had died. But uh, there's going to be a lot more probably because they're going to lay the hammer down on these folks. And it's never a wonderful day when people suffer and they, and they die. You know, there are a lot of innocent people out there. But this particular verse encourages us. You, you can't have faith in the medical uh, field. I mean, we do go and we participate. You know, I'm on high blood pressure pills, but, you know, one day I hope to be off of that. I'm trying to exercise and I'd like to see that blood pressure come down. And uh, right now it's stable. But I want to see it where we can walk in health. 
and not have to be on a lot of medicine. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I take a whole cup full of stuff. A lot of it's vitamins and other uh, things that are supplements. And I wish I'd done that earlier in my life, you know. Uh, but you don't feel like you need to do anything like that when you're young, do you, Lena? She's here from Florida. She was one of the kids in the church when she was growing up down in South Florida when I was pastor down there. Her father was our children's pastor in that church. And uh, Pastor D, we always called him. And uh, he was the one that really helped inspire Zach in the ministry. And uh, he had church. I remember Zach, he let Zach preach one Sunday for, and I got a recording of it. I ought to play it in here when he's not here. You know, let y'all hear. But uh, he preached, I think it was seven minutes, and he got his message across. I'll never forget one of the things he said. You kids, you haven't been listening in here today. He said, you haven't paid attention, you know, and the presence of God is here, and, you know, you let it go in one ear and out the other ear. He said, God doesn't want you to do that. He wants it to go in both your ears and go down into your heart. You know? He was preaching it, seven years old. I took him to Mexico, and I let him preach down there a few minutes in Paco's church, and uh, he was nine years old then. So he's got some experience along the way. But, you know, you got to practice what you preach. you got to live what you believe. you got to have conviction. Conviction is not the law. Conviction is a passionate belief in something. It's not just law. If I do it just because of the law, I do it a lot of times out of fear. I love to drive fast, but when I see the speed limit, I try to hold it down a little bit, especially when I see a car parked up on the side somewhere. And I pass it, I'm driving. I hope that's not, you know. My neighbor just across the way behind us, she's a state highway patrolman. She knows everybody in the neighborhood. I think she's investigated us and all run background checks on us. But anyhow, Jesus passed by a lot of places. Now, does he pass by today? Now, he is at the right hand of the Father. Isn't that what the Bible says? And then when he ascended, Ten days later, the Holy Ghost descended. Don't you think the devil tried to have his heyday for ten days between the time Jesus ascended and when the Holy Spirit came to the upper room and filled that 120 people with the power of Almighty God? And then they ended up evangelizing the whole known world at the time. And great and powerful things happened. Well, great and powerful things are still happening. That's why I go places, because I see miracles and I see healings, and I see people's lives change. I prophesied over a young man down in Brownsville, Texas, came to the meeting. He showed up in his workout clothes. Now, he had on sweats, and uh, he was there, and I called him out of the crowd, and I prophesied a word over him. I never seen him, didn't know him, and I told him things that had been said about him ever since he was a wee little boy, you know, and what is grandmother had said and things like that and he got really touched I mean he got 
really filled with the Holy Ghost. And the next time I came, he was there, and he wasn't dressed in workout clothes. He had on, it looked, you know, these are my preaching clothes, but he had on a little, he had on a little suit coat and everything. And I said, well, hey, what's going on? He said, man, I've been preaching. I said, well, get up and testify for us tonight. And he gave a testimony. He said, ever since he prophesied over me, I got in church and I began to get in with the ministry. And he said, I've been preaching different places. And, and he's already preaching. I don't think he waited to go through ministry school. He just got busy. And that's all right, you know. Preach. Get out there. Preach, teach all nations, and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost by the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen? Yes, indeed. But in Mark chapter 5, let's look at a couple of verses, four, five, eight verses, something like that. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, everybody say saw him. See, there's something that happens. Jesus passes by and you see him. Now, I've seen a lot of people go by, but I didn't pay any attention to them. I've even gone to a few parades. When I lived in New Orleans, we used to go out to the to see the the, new, the Mardi Gras parades go by. They'd throw doubloons at you, those, those little fake coins, and throw beads out there to you and stuff like that. I was wanting them to throw candy. That's what I was wanting. But anyway, when Jesus passed by, he saw him, and he fell at his feet. You know what that means? It doesn't mean he just saw him. He really saw him, Jeffrey. He saw who he really was. He knew who he really was. He didn't just see him as a man passing by with sandals on and some kind of, a, uh, you know, clothing, but he saw that he was the Messiah, the Christ, the King. Now, this was a ruler in the synagogue, so this was a Jewish ruler. And so he saw him, and when he realized See, we come into this realization. If you can come into a realization of who Jesus really is, then it, the faith rises up inside of you that makes you want to reach out and grab what he has to offer you. And so he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. Because he saw him, Bob, and he recognized who he was, then he said, hey, if you will come, I beg you, you come and she will live. And so Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. We'll come back to these next verses in a moment but we're going to skip over to verses 35 through 43 now I liked preaching on this side let me see if I can do something on this side now when Jesus had crossed over again 
wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Well, it ain't up over here either. Let's see if Philip can get me those next set of verses up there. Or did you put those in, Philip? I can look in my Bible, actually. Oh, they are now? Okay. Well, here, I know I can read it out of here. The next set of verses are 35 through 43. And let's go. They're up there now? 35 through 43. I like it this way because I don't have to put on my glasses. While he was still speaking, this was after the woman with the issue of blood had been healed. It says, Some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house to meet Jairus, and they said, Your daughter is dead. See, she hadn't died yet when he went to Jesus. But they came, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. In other words, have faith in God. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. You know what? There's sometimes not many who will come while you're still alive, but when you die, there's a whole crowd that shows up sometimes. Well, all these people are wailing, having a terrible time. And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. And when he had put them out outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kuma which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was twelve years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said that something should be given to her to eat. Isn't that cool? Jesus knew she'd be hungry. So go down there to Burger King, grab her a burger, would you? Get her something to eat. He's, uh, he was concerned about the whole thing, you know. He wanted her to be able to be fed as well. When I was <clears throat> about five years old, six years old, I contracted a fever, and we lived down on a little strip of road called Grove Street. It's between 14th and Ida. And on... My grandparents lived right in front of us, and their house faced Harper, right across from Bacon Park. Y'all know where it's at now? Okay, this little strip called Grove Street. Anyway, we had a little shotgun-type house. We weren't well off. We were actually very poor, but I never knew it because we ate cornbread and beans and potato soup and, and fried chicken. I always got the pulley bone and the gizzard, and the liver, and the neck. 
I was too slow. By the time I was reaching my hand in, my sister had already got hers, and my brother got his, and my dad got his, and my mom got hers. I didn't know what a leg was until I was older. <laughs> I didn't know what a breast was until I was older. Because all I got was a little part my mom trimmed off called the pulley bone. You know, it had a little bit of white meat on both sides. You eat it, and then you make a wish, and you pull the bone and break it, you know. Anyhow, <laughs> and we had no carpet, just linoleum. And we had no air conditioning, just a big fan in the back of the house. You turn it on, it's so hot, you're sweating. By the morning, you got to cover up because all that air kept coming around through the windows. But I'll never forget, I was laying on my, I think it was either my sister's bed or, or whatever. Anyway, I was laying on that bed with 105 temperature. That's pretty dangerous, don't you all think? Y'all got kids? That's dangerous to have a temperature that high. My mother, now my father was a preacher. He could sing, preach, and pray. But my mom called the pastor, the authority in the church, C.C. Truett, Clifford C. Truett. He drove over there, and he was, Brother Kevin, we were talking about red-faced preachers the other day. You know, that was a lot of times because they didn't have microphones. So they preached real loud because there was no mic. And you had to get the people in the back to be able to hear you. Well, he was a red-faced preacher. He preached real loud. So Reverend Clifford C. Truett came into the house and he came back to that back bedroom. And I was just sicker than a, than a sick dog. I was laying on that bed, 105-degree temperature, and he put his hands on me, and he prayed in the name of Jesus Christ. Heal this boy, Lord, and get rid of that fever. And I mean to tell you, my fever immediately broke. When Jesus Christ, his presence comes on the scene, and we are Jesus to the world. Now, I don't take that wrong, just understand. We have the Holy Ghost in us, so when people see us, I've had many people say to me, I see Jesus in you. Well, how could they? I was ornery a lot of times. But they would see him because I had the Holy Ghost inside of me. They would see him in my eyes. When you look at somebody with the eyes of Jesus, you have compassion. I came in the hospital when Sherman... I, don't even, I think you had had one surgery in Barnes Hospital after that wreck. And I came in the room, and he hadn't been out of recovery that long, but he looked up and he said, I knew you would come. You said that. You remember that? Yeah. Cindy was there. And I prayed in the name of Jesus Christ for you to be healed and get out of that hospital. And you said, oh, I feel tingling all over. I felt it too. It was in my hands. I went out to, when it was time to leave, I went out to the elevator. Cindy walked me out there and she said, I'm still tingling too. I said, I know I am too. I hope I can drive home safely. You know. But the presence of the Holy Ghost is with you. You're presenting Jesus and everything Jesus is and has to those that you're ministering to. C.C. Truett put his hand on me and by the presence of the Holy Ghost 
in Jesus, he gave me a touch of God from heaven. And I was healed. You know what I said? See, Jesus already knew it. He said, get, get her something to eat. Well, I sat up and I said to my mom, I said, I'm hungry. She went and made me a, uh, one of those, uh, what do you call them, the cheese sandwiches, you know, grilled cheese. She went and made me a grilled cheese that never tasted so good as anything in all my life. Because after being sick, you know, I felt like I was about to die. I just had no life in me. But God can turn that around. I mean, immediately I was healed. That's what Jesus can do at any time and in any place. I've already made half of y'all hungry to go get a grilled cheese and some french fries somewhere. <laughs> but anyhow, let's go. So Jairus saw Jesus and he immediately felt his feet because he recognized who he really was. Let's go to the second part here. And let's go backwards, back to Mark 5, 24 through 34. And I'll go back to this side and see if you are listening over here. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house. Wait a minute. Five. Yeah, there we go. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. I battle every day to keep my blood sugar down. And I'm believing to get rid of that problem altogether. I was telling Kevin Ferguson after the men's breakfast, he is saying, yeah, you got to talk to yourself. He's preaching to me. I said, you know I do that? I, I said, he was saying, tell your body that it's, it's healed. I said, I don't tell it, I sing it. Sister Vicki, I like that song, She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain When She Comes. I sing, I am healed of blood, high blood sugar. I am healed of high blood sugar. I am healed of high blood sugar. When he comes. <laughs> anyway, something like that. I like to sing. So I end up singing my healing. But he said, this woman had it for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. They tried a whole bunch of treatments. They didn't work. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. How many of y'all had that happen before? You have to almost switch doctors. It says, when she heard about Jesus, Jairus saw him and she heard about him. Somebody wants me to sing that healing back there. When she heard about Jesus, she came from behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Did you know that the, that the legend of the Messiah was that there was healing in the hem of his garment where the bells and the pomegranates hung, hung down a little things on the tassels on the bottom of the robe she had to believe then that Jesus was the Messiah she had heard about him she had never met him before she said if I can just go through this crowd and if I can squeeze through and just grab the bottom of his garment I'll be healed 
She was saying, I believe he's the Messiah, and that healing that he has is for me. Amen? So, what's next here, Philip? Oh, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that the power had gone out of him, turned around the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Wow. But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? Remember the crowd was there, Jairus came to him, My daughter's dying, will you come? And he started to go that way, but the whole crowd was around him, kind of like some of them do when famous singers and whatnot, and they're all out there, they want to see them. You want to get an autograph or something? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. She had just touched the hem of his garment. Didn't even touch his body, just his garment. And so the woman, fearing, trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him because she knew who he really was and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Jesus' power by the Holy Spirit can heal any issue. He can heal diabetes. He can heal uh, asthma. He, he can heal leukemia. He can heal AIDS, HIV. James Littleton, he's going to come see us sometime. He was prayed for in Texas. He had tested positive for HIV. Then he moved back to his hometown of Miami, Florida. He heard about our church. He came and I prayed for him also. He went back and tested 19 times. And he was healed from HIV after testing positive that he had it like three or four times. He had it. I said, well, HIV? He said, no, Pastor, I had AIDS. Tested positive for AIDS. Today, he's a Holy Ghost-filled pastor of a small church over by McAllen, Texas. And I've preached in that little church. He calls me a spiritual father. Yeah. And he's married. She has grandkids, so he has grandkids now. He's gone through a lot. He got delivered of alcohol. He got delivered of drugs and sex, pornography, all of it. He was delivered, and now he's on fire like Stephen and goes out and talks to everybody about Jesus. You know? That's revival. But you see, this woman recognized who he was and that if she could just touch, because the legend of the Messiah was, if you touch the bottom of his garment, you'll be healed. Jesus is passing away today, today. Anyway, Mark 7, 24 through 30. This is a unique story. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it. But it could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him. And she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek. 
See, Jesus was a Jew. He was sent to the household of Israel, but he ended up also ministering to the Gentiles. And eventually Peter went to Cornelius' house. They were all saved and baptized Holy Spirit. And then Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles. Well, she was a Greek Syrophoenician woman by birth. In other words, they didn't hang out together. They were not integrated. And so uh, she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Now this is going to sound mean. But Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first. Talking about the Jewish people out there. It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Man, I'd almost think that was a sin to call that woman a dog. But that was how society looked at it. He was making a point. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone and her daughter lying on the bed. He didn't even have to go there. He cast that demon out just by a word. I prayed for a woman from Puxico. Her stepson texted me. They were in the waiting room at the doctor's office, and she had already tested positive for cancer and they were going to talk about when they were going to do surgery. And he said, but her name was Janet. He said, Janet said, if you can get a hold of Pastor Kevin and he prays, I know that I'm going to be healed. Eugene, I'm going to tell you. I didn't even pray out loud. I texted it. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that Janet's going to receive a touch in her body and be healed of cancer. Amen. I don't know if he was in the room, you know, the examining room or what. Anyway, they did the test, whatever it was. I don't know if they were doing an MRI or one of those fancy tests. But when they tested her, Tim, they found no cancer whatsoever. And she was healed. Now, that's the first time I ever had a healing by text by technical means. But she was healed. Jesus just spoke the word. It's like he texted it to her by the Spirit. The demon had to go, and it left her. Why? Because Jesus Christ had the authority to cast it out. didn't matter where it was. He could cast it out wherever it was. So this Greek woman received what she desired. And then in Mark 7, 31 through 37, the next bit of passage, again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he just went from one place to another to another, and everywhere he went, if they heard about him, they put a demand on his anointing, and that anointing came through and did the job. He came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf, and had an impediment impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude, so there wasn't a bunch of 
screaming, crying, and all this kind of stuff. You know, people get so nervous. I was raised classical Pentecostal in the Assembly of God Church, and if there was somebody manifest a demon, 47 people would be praying in tongues at the top of their voice. You couldn't hear nothing. There's that little gown house spring. She had demons. But finally they got quiet and I cast those demons out of her. Her eyes went like snake eyes. Her pupils. And she spit in my face. And I commanded it to give me its name and it gave me a name and I called it out by that name and it laughed at me. It mocked me. That's when I asked the Holy Spirit, what do I do now? He said, tell it you're going to count to five and you're going to curse it to a dry place, never to go anywhere else again. I said, I'm going to curse you to a dry place and I'm going to count to five. I got to four and it gave me a name. I called that name out and it went. She vomited phlegm out and green mucus and that thing left her. And then I led her to the Lord on my knees next to her ear and she said the sinner's prayer, and then I got her filled with the Holy Ghost while she is still laying on the floor, and when she sat up, she said, what happened to me? I said, the Holy Ghost ran over you. No, I didn't say that. But that's what I wanted to say. God got a hold of her and set her free completely. Well, you see, here's this one, deaf and kind of dumb, couldn't speak, and he took him aside, and he put his fingers in his ears. And he spat and touched his tongue. And some people wouldn't like that, would they? Right on the tongue. See, that's another thing. Jesus spat in the mud, made a mud pie, put it on the blind man's eyes and said, go wash, because there's a little creek right there. And he washed his eyes out because he was irritated, and his eyes were open. Well, he spat. He didn't even make a mud pie. He just put his spit right on, right on that guy's tongue. Because the legend, see, I learned this in Israel. The guides told us. The legend is that the Messiah had anointing in his spit. That's why he spit and then touched his tongue. And what does it say that happened? And he took him aside. Okay, then looking up to heaven, he sighed. <sighs> and he said, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all these things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Hallelujah. I've prayed for deaf people like that, stuck my fingers in their ears. Why? Because Jesus did it. Hey, there's no better way than to do it the way Jesus did it. So you just pray it. You can speak it. You can spit it. You can slap it. You can 
<laughs> that woman in Mexico going like that, like a snake on the ground. And oh, Holy Spirit, I said, what am I going to do with this? I'm going to have to catch her first. I'm going to have to grab her neck, you know, like a viper. I didn't know what to do. She was writhing around on the ground. And the Holy Ghost said, get over there and slap her on the back several times. And I did. I slapped her on the back. Boom, 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 in the name of Jesus. I said, well, at least I don't have to worry about a lawsuit down here. Do that in America. You might get a lawsuit. Who knows? But that woman was delivered. I didn't have to say, get out. I just slapped the woman on the back like the Holy Ghost said to. And then the next night, she showed up. I didn't recognize her. Tino's, I said, who is that woman? They were having testimony. He said, that's that woman you slapped on the back. I said, you're kidding me. She's actually a nice-looking lady. He said, well, she must have got a bath, washed her hair, and put on a nice dress. A ye- I'll never forget it, a yellow dress. And she said, when that preacher said the name of Jesus and slapped me on the back, said not only did the demons leave, but I had a back condition for several years, and I was healed. Holy Ghost chiropractor. And I didn't even have a certificate. (laughs) But you see, they heard about him being there. You either see him, or you hear about him, or you know about him. And so we see in Mark 9, 14, I'm almost done. Just hang in there with me. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth. I don't know if any of y'all been around deliverance meetings, but I just told you about that young woman up in House Springs, Missouri. She foamed out and spewed out a bunch of junk. But it says, and gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So, you know, what would people call that today? A seizure. Mm. See, that's a spirit. Whenever it seizes him, seizures him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes teeth, becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples, that, but they could not cast it out. They could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation. What was the beginning scripture? Have faith in God. Amen. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. The spirit in him saw him, knew who he was. And he tried to, you know, convulse him, scare him. So he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? He said, From childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. 
But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He believed, that's why he brought him, but he said, if you can give me a little extra so we make sure it gets done, would you help me? Jesus saw that the people came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. See, some people give up too easy. Now, I'm not bragging, and I hadn't done this lately. But many times I have fasted 21 days. I have fasted 40 days. I have fasted 10 days. I have fasted 3 days. I need to do some fasting. That's where your power comes from, fasting and prayer. Praying is not to pray over people. It's praying to get you where you can speak the words of Jesus. Come out, be healed, be delivered, whatever it is. It's that anointing. It's like unclogging your system. Man, we put liquid fire down that bathroom in there. I think I put a gallon and a half or almost two gallons worth through our toilet system. It still didn't quite get it. That's why I put those signs up in all the stalls of the bathroom. It says, please do not put the wipes, even if it says they can go down the toilet. Don't believe it. They plugged up our toilets, and even liquid fire couldn't get rid of it. But when I called the plumber in, the anointed one, and he had the big rig, with an auger about that big with a camera on the end of it. And he went down in there. He saw it. and Man, they were in and out here in 30 minutes. I said, I spent twice as much trying to do it myself. Anybody can witness that? You try to do it yourself and it doesn't work sometimes? I learned a lesson. Don't wait two weeks. Call the plumber immediately. <laughs> Don't waste your money. <laughs> but you see, Jesus had the authority, amen? And so let's look one more thing before I pray for people. And that is blind Bartimaeus, Mark 10, 46 through 52. And see, Mark is all about the miracles, by the way. I love to read Mark. It builds my faith. But he said, Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he, he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he heard, you either see or you hear, and then you put a demand on the anointing. 
he started to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose, came to Jesus. Jesus answered and said to him, Why do you want, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Bartimaeus said, Rabboni, that's teacher, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Amen. There's nothing too big for Jesus. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't even need to read Mark 11, 22 through 24 because you've heard me preach it so many times. It doesn't matter what it is that you need. I'm going to get enough on my hands so I don't have to do it more than once. But if there's something you need today, come on up right now. You need a touch in your body. You need a touch in your soul. Maybe you need something to leave you alone. Yeah, you can play, Sean. When we were little, though, we used to sing that song, Reach Out and Touch the Lord as He Goes By. You'll find He's not too busy to answer your cry. He is passing by this moment your need to supply. So reach out and touch the Lord. Now the Lord happens to be by the Holy Ghost in me. So I'm going to pass by this line right here, and Jesus through me by His Spirit is going to touch you. I need a couple men. Yeah, Jerry, come up. In the name of Jesus, I pray for your system to be totally healed. No more deficiencies. No more lack. Zach preached that last week. That the shepherd comes, there is no lack. So I pray for the Holy Ghost to touch your body from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, fill you with energy and fill you with healing power. Yeah, that you'll have energy to pray and even do deliverance over people in the name of Jesus. The word you speak will have great power. Hallelujah. That your gums will be healed. Hallelujah. In your jaw, yes, that you will receive your healing in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. Touch. Yes, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. And was it Brother Gorman? That word comes back to me when he said, It's real. <laughs> yes. Woo. Boy, I almost got tipsy off that. Glory to God. Ha <laughs> ha. Somebody ought to get happy today. Jesus is here. The Holy Ghost is here in our midst. Holy Ghost, do the work. Heal. Heal. 
Yes. Yes, in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Infirmities be destroyed completely off of you, Tara. Every infirmity destroyed. Philip, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. We got another man that can help us? Yeah, stand there. Oh, okay. Let Derek stand behind Philip. Glory, in the name of Jesus. Liberty and freedom be yours. Philip, you're going to enter a time of great joy. And you're just going to have times when you're going to open your mouth. Because you have these times where you sigh and you say, Oh, me. I've heard it so many times. And you come in the building. You say, Oh, me. And you're going to say, Oh, my. From now on. And you're going to get the spirit of laughter. And you're just going to combust almost with holy laughter. <laughs> Hallelujah. From the belly will flow rivers of living water in great joy. Great joy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Savior. Yes, Lord. I love you. Yes. Glory. You're going to have such a good time from here on out. Yeah. What's your name, hon? Amanda. I've met you before, right? Okay. Well, I'm, I, I don't know what you need today. Yeah. Oh, I came saw you in the hospital. Oh, well, Lord, I pray for Amanda and her family, any family members that might need it. No distance in prayer for her grant. Is she alive still? She passed. Okay. Well, we know she's in a better place. But help Amanda now to have joy also. Let her rise up and be a mighty woman of God. Yes. Bless her today, Lord. From the crown of her head to the bottom of her feet. Destroy any yoke of infirmity off of her and give her great joy also. In the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Woo. You feel warm? Yeah, I mean, you feel warm? Yeah, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit's presence. Yeah, he just surrounds you with his love right now. It almost makes you want to laugh, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but now it's going to be because of joy. Yeah, don't worry about that. You're in a safe place here. I'm glad you're here. Lord, touch Nelson. Did you go for that interview at Walmart? Not yet. Walmart, call Nelson. Lord, Push the button at Walmart and let them call him. He worked there for 20 years. He ought to be able to go back. Yeah. He's a witness out there. Open the evangelistic door once again for him to be a 
in Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm giving great joy. That's what I feel to pray today, is that people get joy inside of them. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Stephanie's been doing good this week, Lord. She's been walking. She didn't even have a hip to hold herself up with, but God, she's been walking. Lord, heal completely. 100% Jesus. Touch. Yeah, fill. Fill her up to overflow with your hands, your touch, Lord. Woo! Use her over there at that place where she's selling stuff. Yeah, let her be a mighty witness. Yeah. Which hip is it? Which hip is it? The left one? Put your hand down there. You know me, I don't touch the women below the neck. All right. I can touch their feet or their hands, but you put your hand there, I can put my hand there. So Lord, right now, let the fire of your mercy go into her hip. You can do a recreation in the bones. Oh yeah, let the Holy Ghost and fire go right in there and bring healing power by the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, you should start feeling a heat going there because I feel it in my hand right now. Yeah, just receive that touch and that healing power right now. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. Glory. Yeah. God touched Stephen. No yokes, not even one, none. We command all the yokes to be gone completely. And we bind the devil from being on your property. Yeah, we ask you, Lord, rebuke the devil off of the property in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We pray for Peyton. God, touch him, cleanse him, heal him, deliver him. Let him feel your love, Lord. That's what he needs. Perfect love. Cast out all fear. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Use him. Alright. Well, Lord, you heard what Jeffrey said for him, his kids, and his family. Lord, touch Jade also. Lord, touch them all. Let them all feel your presence today. Let him be that dad that's a hero to his children. Let him be everything that he needs to be for their sake. Keep him safe on his job. Keep him safe with the job. Yes, Lord. Increase him. Increase his pay. In Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. Yeah. From the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. is under the feet of Jesus. Polyps be gone. Let the doctors be amazed. Dissolve all the polyps that are in her colon and intestine completely. Let her function normally. Let no cancer be there anymore. We reject cancer and we ask you to rebuke it, Jesus, by your, by your name and by your authority. Holy Ghost, have your way in her body right now. 
bottom right now. Touch her body. Yes, Lord. Ooh, Jesus. Hallelujah. You should feel warm. Put your hand down there on your lower stomach. Yeah. Lord, I put my hand on her hands. Let your Holy Ghost fire burn into these regions of her body. Burn out everything that's not of you. Bring mighty healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes. You should start feeling heat down there. You should feel warmth. My hand is really hot. Your feet. Okay. Well, Lord, I put my foot next to his foot. In fact, I just kind of lightly put it on your foot. Lord, in the name of Jesus, touch these feet. Let them be well. Touch his back. Let it be well. Let him have strength and energy and great joy. Ha ha. Woo. Glory. Yeah, pour out upon him from the top of his head to the bottom of those feet. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of them that bring the good news. You always bring good news. Your feet are beautiful. Hallelujah. Glory. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. Healing. All right. Lord, this is a servant of God. She's a mouthpiece that speaks for you. And I ask you to just overwhelmingly touch her, Lord. Her bones, may they not be brittle. Her muscles, may they be strengthened. Her tendons, ligaments, cartilage, all of it, God, let it be strengthened. And the bone and the marrow be strengthened and grow, Lord. And her mind, let it be sharp. And her spirit be sharp, Lord. I understand here your voice clearly and to be used of you Quadruple, Lord, in you, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we prophesied they'd have that center over there, that they'd have it like a retreat center, that they would have it to train people in the prophetic, that they would have begin to have meetings where people are hungry to learn about the prophetic, that they would come be a part of God's powerhouse. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Glory. You're awesome, God. Whew. Yeah, you should feel it stirring up in you by the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I'm going to lay hands on Sherman for continued healing. Thank you, Lord. This man has such great activation of faith. I thank you, Lord, for the quick healing that he's been going through. 29 broken bones, and he walked in this place about eight weeks after should have been dead in a car wreck, but he is alive and well, and we speak health and wholeness. We thank you, Lord, that you are going to allow him to be strengthened and all the bones to be repaired by your healing power, and God, that he'll be able to get the truck that he wants. Yes, Lord, that he'll drive again. He'll grow another garden in Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. Yes. It's yours, brother. Yeah, because you have faith. 
Charlie, we speak healing to him. Let it go. Right done in Jesus' name. And anybody else back here need a touch of the Holy Ghost? Rocket? Right now, Lord, she needs strength in these legs, these knees. Lord, you can do knee surgery right here. You don't have to go to the doctor or the hospital. Just do the work. I said this to you one time, I don't know if you remember when, but it's like a clock inside of you. And I hear the Lord saying it again. He's turning back the clock. You're going to be useful to the Master for many more years. So have no fear. Fear not, for He is with you. He's with you to deliver you, to do the work of the ministry that He's called you to. In Jesus' name, amen. Sister Betty. Strength and healing for her and for her son Shane. We thank you for healing power. You can, if you can open blind eyes and raise the dead, and I've seen both, then God, you can heal a prostate. Yes. And you can heal Sister Betty of any ailment or any feeling of sickness of any kind. So we say be healed and Shane be healed completely. Amen. Anybody want anything? Mom passes by. <laughs> Here, give me five. Yeah. Did you need some? Yeah. Yeah. I can go back that way. Lord, Dominic is her grandson. He's sat right back here many times. And he is resisting. I called him out one day and spoke the word over him. But Lord... I pray just like the girl that had the demon that left on Jesus' word, the thing that's trying to control him, alcohol or drugs, that's caused him to have seizures. Well, Lord, we speak the word of healing and let it travel to him and the demonic spirits leave him completely and for him to be made well and whole let star be amazed at what happened. Let them both fall on their knees, cry out to you, and come and get fully saved and filled with the Holy Ghost in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I believe it. Did, did y'all want something? Yeah, okay. Is there anything in particular? What's his name? Shane, the Lord. Shane needs you. We ask you to go to where he is right now and constrain anything that's causing him to resist and let him have an open door. Hallelujah. Rosh Hashanah this year, the word that came out of Rosh Hashanah for the Jews, it meant open door this year. So we speak an open door for Shane and all those that we love, Lord to come through the open door into revival and into salvation, deliverance and healing, that they would be greatly touched by the power of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And keep working on Oliver, Tara's grandson. He called me this week. We talked about the Bible. Amen. Yes, Lord. Touch my brother's daughter right now. God, minister truth to her heart. 
ministers grace and mercy. Let her feel your presence, Lord, like never before in her life. Let her have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Chelsea, come home. That's what we say. Come home to Jesus. Be made totally well and be set free from fear or anxiety, depression, or anything that's attacking her. We speak health and wholeness to her. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Get that new job? You are. You're waiting, but I said you are going to get a job. May not be that one, it'll be a better one. Yeah, but it's coming because you are an exceptional individual and don't believe anything different. You're a very busy mother, but God's got his hand on you and he always has. Out of your whole family, you're the one that has really received. I'm talking about your side of the family. And because of that, God's given you a lot of authority in the spiritual realm. And he pours out on you right now. You're going to walk with authority. And you're going to get offers to make more money. Money's not everything. But you're going to get the one that's going to allow you to have joy and peace. Your hand is hotter than a firecracker. You feel that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You get your paycheck in your hand. That's like God's agreement. Look at my hand. You see how red it is? Yeah. There's a spiritual thing happening going on right now. You know, Mama, you can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. Look at my hand. You see that? Man, a lot. Brother Randy, get ready. There's more restoration in your family than you know. The prophetic Spirit of God is opening the door for your family this year. Yeah, your brothers will hug your neck before the end of the year. Settled it. Yeah. You're going to be blessed. I won't say everything I see because it'd blow your mind. <laughs> it scares me to say it. Brother Eugene, you've got a great spirit. And I pray that you get everything you're asking of God. Matthew 11, 22 through 24. Whatever you ask, be granted unto you. Have faith in God. If you don't doubt it, you'll receive it in Jesus' name. I remember when I laid hands on your eyes and you saw that day. And a little while longer, enemies tried to rob you and I say, no more enemy. Let him see all he wants in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I thank him for it. Day's coming where you won't have to work so hard. Yeah. That he'll free you of that. 
Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yes. I see you holding the babies. Yeah. Rocking the babies. Yeah. Cooking out of love, not because you're getting paid. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. This young lady here is one of my kids from the Lord. Yeah. I see a shifting, almost like an earthquake. When an earthquake happens, the plates shift back and forth. And God is shifting your plates. Yeah. There's change coming to your house and to your household. New days, new steps. Yeah. I see some packing of boxes. Yeah, I don't know what. I haven't talked to Alicia or anything. She's talked to you. But what I see is you're packing a bunch of boxes. I don't know if people are moving out of your house and, and some, or you're moving out of your house. I don't know which. But it's like the Lord says, if you believe, if it's your house you need to sell, you can sell it. He's going to relocate you. Or if it's people need to get out of your house, they will because God's opening the door. This is the year for the open door. Yeah. So get ready. This is a great year. This is the year that you've been waiting on. It's coming into your hands. You feel the heat in my hand? Coming into yours? Look at it. riding a tractor, driving it. I don't know if Philip will let you do that. But I see you driving one. Well, y'all love the Lord. Everybody stayed around. Let's stand up together for a minute. Yeah. Queen B, your B12 is going to come up. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands towards the Lord one more time in acknowledgement of who he is. He's a great and mighty God. Yeah, Vicki, I just feel led to tell you again, this is the year, the open door. Get ready. Yes, hallelujah. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Somebody ought to say, yes, somebody ought to say amen. Hallelujah, glory. If you agree, say amen. All right, go eat. <laughs> <laughs> Be blessed.